When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. It just shocks you. It's like, wow, man, you're coming out of high school. You're projected this, projected that. And you're just thinking like, wow, I got to keep going. That's my mindset. My wheels are always going. I don't settle for anything. I always want to be the best at whatever I do. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Hey there, my fellow women's basketball nuts. Welcome into the Her Hoop Stats podcast. I am your host, John Little. Thank you so much for being here. A lot has happened since I last talked to you, including Seattle Storm winning the WNBA championship. Congratulations to Seattle Just an amazing performance, not only in the finals, but over the course of the regular season as well. But we have to salute each and every person who helped make that situation happen in Bradenton, Florida, including every single team, every single support cast member who helped get that done. A great 22-game season, an excellent playoffs, and... Got a season in during a pandemic. Uh, Really exciting stuff. And now we kind of turn the page to the college basketball season. And I had a chance to speak to some of the most exciting young players in this game of women's college basketball. And it looks like we're going to get a women's basketball season in. Had a chance to talk to UT's Charlie Collier, the number one player in her class back in 2018 and also her teammate, Celeste Taylor, as well. And so this is a dual episode of the Her Hoop Stats podcast where you hear from uh, the forward and you hear from the guard for the UT Longhorns. 
I know you'll enjoy this. This is just great stuff. Let's start out by talking to UT forward Charlie Collier. Oh, yeah. It's no problem. Thank you. It's a pleasure having me here. Well, it's uh, great to spend some time with you, especially considering that um, finally getting to talk to a student athlete who is in the middle of it. Uh, next month, you guys will be playing ball games. hopefully, if everything goes according to plan. But what is the situation right now at UT? How are you filling your time and getting ready for your season? Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing well, staying in shape, staying ready for whatever happens in the season. Um, our team looks good. The new staff is we're working really well with them, and we're just getting adapted and staying ready. Yeah, I, I, obviously you've got in the middle of your career there at Texas a coaching change, which you never expect when you commit to a place. It, you envision having the same staff there for four years. That didn't work out at UT, but so far – what have you liked about Coach Schaefer and the way that he tries to do things? Um, I, I like him. He's really direct. Um, he'll tell you right or wrong. Um, he's really straightforward, um, defensive-minded. Uh, we get after it every day. It's a good change. Um, I'm excited for what they have in store for us, him along with his assistant coaches. I know Coach Aston is very defensive-focused as well. Is there anything you can glean from the differences between what Coach Aston liked to do defensively and what Coach Schaefer likes to do? Maybe things that they concentrate on differently, anything like that? Um, I would say he's um, mainly just defensive-minded. Mainly all the things we do in practice is defense, and which is well because they say defense wins games. And so in order to do that, you know, we have to work on that really well. And I feel like every practice we're getting better. And um, between the two, I feel like they're both great coaches. And, you know, right now we, you know, we had a coaching change, so we have to work with what we have and, you know, do the best that we can. And I'm excited for it. I, I feel like they have our be- their best interests um, in heart for us, and uh, we're going to get it done. Outstanding. Well, what are you most excited about when it comes to the roster? Maybe a returning player, you know, that you think is really going to step up or somebody that is on their first year with the squad. Uh, what's your thought about your roster, and, and who are you most excited about seeing out there? I can't really say just one person. I feel like coming back, the returners and the freshmen, I feel like we're all just doing really well. We're hungry, you can tell, like when we work out, either where we're conditioning or we're working on the gym. I just feel like we're all getting better. So it's no one in particular. I feel like we're all just doing really well right now. Yeah, that's an unfair question. Why would the why would the interviewer ask you to single out one of your friends above all the rest? That's just that's just not right, is it? <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's not good of me. But uh, you answered it very diplomatically, Charlie, and we're proud of you for sure. We're visiting with Charlie Collier from the University of Texas, and as you come into your junior season, I know you made just the gigantic leap from your freshman year to your sophomore year. A lot more playing time. The numbers blossom. The three point shooting. I, I just a lot of different things uh, you were able to show your stuff and you said a big part of that was the work that you did in the weight room in, in the off season can you s- describe freshman year to sophomore year some of the specific things that you thought helped you when it comes to strength building and, and the things that you were able to do to to take that leap yeah like you said freshman year wasn't my best year but I feel like everything happens for a reason. And so me being hungry and wanting to be better that next year, I feel like um, I took advantage of being in the weight room and being in the gym on my own, um, not having to have a coach there to tell me what to do. I was really, um, it was really driven on my own to 
me wanting this for myself. And so in order to do that, I got in the gym. Even when I went home back from the break from COVID, I worked out. And so um, it was just mainly me, you know, saying to yourself, you know, you're, you're Charlie Collier. You know, you have to prove, you know, again, you know, even though you come off, come out of high school into freshman year, I feel like rankings, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to showcase um, your talents again, you know, because it's like it's a new it's a clean slate. You know, everybody's on the same level. Big 12 is really hard. And so you have to prove yourself again. And so um, I just took it on my own to say, like, you know, you got to work hard and you got to do it on your own. So that's what I did. Yeah. And it sounds like you've tried to take that to another level here going into your junior year. How difficult was that? With COVID, I know you said you you did it in spite of it or, you know, endured through it. But how is it different? And uh, how has that challenged you to, uh, you know, work through challenges, I guess? Yeah, um, it was it was definitely different um, coming home just so abruptly. Definitely was different because you couldn't get in the, into a lo- whole lot of gyms um, at the time. But I had a um, weight room in my garage that I would go to and I had a hoop outside. So. I would just take advantage of that the best that I could, you know, not knowing when I could go back to school because at the time we, we didn't know there was no dates and when we could go back to school. So during those unprecedented times, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, most people would just sit and um just wait. Um, I wanted to get back at it because I knew I would have to go back and have a great junior season. Well, and you're poised for a great junior season, poised to take it to even another level. And I'm curious to know, there are not a lot of WNBA mock draft websites out there, but the main one that comes up has has you as their projected number one pick, even though you're a junior. And obviously you've got the talent, you've got the pedigree, you're one of the top players in your class coming out of high school. What's your thought on that? When is that even something that's in your mind right now, thinking about the pro level even next year? Um, I feel like that's a decision that I will make with me and my family later on in the season. Um, I want to play my junior season, so I'm just going to play this season and see how everything rides out. But that's going to be a decision that I make later down the road. But, yeah, I have been asked that question a few times. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to wait and see. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen this season. I'm just going to play the best that I can this my junior season. Who knows what's down the road? But, uh, you know, how does that make you feel? Does that make you nervous? Does that make you excited when you see things like that, when you see, uh, you know, that kind of um, hype for you heading into your junior season? Well, you know, John, coming out of high school, I was the number one overall 2018, class of 2018 player. Um, It's it's definitely, um, it's some pressure, but I feel like as I am a junior now, I feel like that pressure definitely – it's not a big deal. I feel like every day here at the University of Texas, I mean, you're a student athlete, there is pressure already. And so I really, um, I don't take take it as having pressure anymore. Um, I just go day by day and know that if I work hard and do what I'm supposed to do, things are going to play out how I want it to. So not nervous. Um, I'm just ready to play basketball. <laughs> I, I love this. I, I love this line of questioning. I mean, have you ever felt pressure or was it just one of those things where you were always you know kind of head and shoulders <laughs> kind of literally uh, above uh, the rest of uh, you know your peers and and so you had that confidence that helped you move forward or was there a point was there a breaking point for you where you where you gained the utmost confidence that you have now yes sir I'm, I'm a really confident person but mostly humble so I don't try to put myself on a pedestal at all but 
<clears throat> I feel like if you work hard and you do what you're supposed to do, the numbers will show and the rankings or whatever you want to call it will show. Um, I've always been that type to um, be known to work hard, you know, in the classroom and on the court. So <clears throat> I feel like, you know, whatever happens after the season, if I continue to work how I work, you know, it, it's definitely, it's a confidence booster. Like you said, um, freshman year was, um, it was shocking to me because I didn't expect to play how I did. I didn't play as much. And so it's just shocks you. It's like, wow, man, you're coming out of high school. You're projected this, projected that. And it's like, a you're just thinking like, well, I got to keep going. So that's my mindset. My wheels are always going. I don't settle for anything. I always want to be the best at whatever I do. So I'm just going to continue to do that, John. Well, your natural talent is obviously evident and and your giftedness, you know, the the physical tools you have. Is there any part of your game that you've had to work on the most that you've had to overcome some obstacles, if you will, where it just hasn't come quite as naturally to you in this particular part of the game? And so it's it's a place you've really had to concentrate on and struggle with. Yeah, um, it's actually happening right now. Um, I'm actually playing the four spot a lot. Some of the three, I play three positions, three, four, five. So playing on the outside is different for me. You know, I never really, um, I had a lot of face up with me and Joyner. You remember we had the high-low action going on. It's going to be a different look for us this season. So I've been working a lot on the perimeter, which is, is challenging right now because it's a new spot. It's something new. I wouldn't say it's challenging. It's just new. So I have to learn it, you know, learn the play, what's, what they do, the guards do on the perimeter. And so just learning that right now is it's kind of a, it's a challenge because it's new. But it's going really well. My face-up looks good. Um, my threes look good. I just got to learn new spots, new positions. Well, that'd be a lot of fun to watch coming up uh, this winter, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. At the same time, whenever it is, a year or two, however many down the line, how do you think that that prepares you for the ultimate next level with the fact that it seems like everybody has to have some kind of face-up game at the next level except for just a few players in the league? I mean, pretty much everybody has a face-up game. A lot of teams are playing five out, uh, you know, really speeding things up. How do you think that might help your development as a pro later on? I really think it's going to help me a lot. Having this coaching change, it gives me a new look, too, as well as far as offense, defense, you know, playing a new position. I feel like at the next level, this is going to prepare me, um, being more versatile, being more of a, a matchup you know, between the bigs, say if I have a slower big or a quicker big, I can go down low. I can go outside. I can pop out, shoot the three. Like it just makes you a harder threat, makes you a harder person to guard. So I feel like right now what Coach Schaefer and his staff are doing with me is going to prepare me for the next level for sure. You know, you guys had some like really high highs last season and you had some other, you know, struggles as well in your sophomore year, just as a team. Obviously, it was a lot better year for you individually. Uh, What do you think you took out of that as far as, uh, you know, what it takes to be a consistent as a team over the course of a season? Obviously, nobody has 100 percent perfect nights. But to, you know, to to avoid the the low lows that, you know, sometimes come along with the high highs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like as a team, we had too many high highs and too many low lows and not enough in between. I feel like as a team, if you're winning, if you're on the streak, you have to be able to be consistent and maintain that. If you're on a losing streak, you know, obviously you got to be on a winning streak. You just have to learn how to manage the two. I feel like 
when we were losing, we just kept going downhill, you know? And so I feel like as a professional, as a team, as you get older and you mature, you recognize how to change that and how to deal with that. And so it just comes with maturity. I feel like uh, we needed more leadership. And so that's what it's going to take this year. I know we're focusing more on leadership, you know, having that leader to vocalize that, you know, tell this, you know, this is a good win, guys, but we got to continue to do so. So I feel like that just comes with maturity within the team. Is that leader you or is that who you're speaking of or a couple players on the team? I feel like I'm a leader on this team, yes. I got you. Charlie Collier for the uh, UT Longhorns is our guest, and she's just been great so far. I know you want to be uh, get into sports broadcasting down the line. Where did that inclination come about, and you know why do you see yourself in that role um, down the line as well as being a basketball player? I've always wanted to speak in front of the camera. I've been told that, you know, I, I do really well in front of the camera. So I thought I would, you know, take a take a shot at it. I know, Sean, we've been to Longhorn Network a few times and I did some shadowing there. So um, I just feel like it's a it's a good opportunity for me, you know, at any point in time, you know, whenever, hopefully down down the road, you know, I'm going to stop playing basketball. So I have to have something to do after that. So I feel like sports broadcasting, either for ESPN or something like that, will be a good fit for me. And I've always wanted to do that. So, and we've seen a, a lot of WNBA stars, even current stars like Shanae Gumake. I mean, you know, she's got like two full time jobs going concurrently right now. <laughs> you know, with uh, I, I mean, that's uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you envision having it all like that, but it shows that it can be done. I suppose. Yes, definitely. I, hopefully, I want to have even my own talk show. You know, something like that down the road. It's gonna be fun. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where it all goes. Were there any influences that, you know, drew you toward that or, you know, anybody along the way that you've picked up that uh, has, has tried to give you pointers on, on what it takes to become and, and your full self in that role? Yeah, um, actually, the, the University of Texas has a great, their networking system is amazing. We, we have our own network. And so I think last year, uh, Maria Taylor actually came and uh, to... I think she reported the LSU versus Texas game and I actually got a chance to, you know, be with her that day for the game and shadow her. So she's definitely one of the influences that that have um, prompted me to want to be a sports announcer. So that that was definitely cool. And I got to learn a lot from her that day. Yeah, talk about somebody that's at the top of her game right now. Maria Taylor is certainly that. Seems like every time I turn on the TV, she's on my TV for sure. (laughs) That is awesome. But but you've gotten to even, you know, do a lot of uh, special videos and stuff to promote the university or promote women's basketball. I know you kind of had a one-on-one with with an all-time great just sitting there doing kind of an interview thing as well. What does it mean to you that UT looks to you to be a face of the program? You know, it means a lot. It really does mean a lot. That means they trust in me. They they recognize my talent and they're taking advantage of it. And I love it. You know, anytime they ask me to do something for the university, I don't hesitate because this university has done so much for me. So I feel like giving back and doing that as well. You know, like you said, I interviewed Rita Swindell. I do a lot of interviews. Um, I think it was last year I interviewed the freshmen. And so it's just things like that. I actually enjoy doing it. And so I just like doing it. It's my passion. So what did you get for uh, your birthday, September 22nd, uh, your, big, your big 21st? What ended up finding its way to you? Uh, my mom came down. My mom came down. My boyfriend came down. And we just went out to eat. You know, can't do too much because of COVID, but we had a dinner and it, it was fun. You know, my teammates, you know, 
they got me some balloons, some some cupcakes. It was, it was fun. It was nice. Well, I really appreciate your time. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Longhorns play this season. And obviously, to it's nice to get a little tease of what you're going to be doing on the floor for Texas in the coming season. Thank you so much for your time, and we just wish you all the best. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, John. Charlie Collier on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Man, great to have her on. I could listen to her talk all day. And one of the players that is uh, going to be teaming up with Charlie this year as one of the best players for Texas in 2020-2021 is Celeste Taylor moving into her sophomore year. Let's hear from Celeste. Of course, no problem. Thank you for having me. You bet. Great to get to talk to you and see what you're up to as you head into your sophomore year. An uncommon offseason for sure. I don't know. Is it a blessing in disguise that all this weirdness is happening before your sophomore season and not your freshman season, if that makes any sense? At least you know kind of how things go in college basketball i mean yeah for sure i mean it is a blessing in disguise i think for um everybody i mean there's obviously a lot of stuff going on in the world today um and i think that just the whole quarantine session just gave people especially myself a time to sit back and think about you know the positives in life and just being around family and spending that family time yeah you're originally from new york and uh, that's where you spent a lot of your time right yeah, I spent most of almost my whole quarantine there until I had to come back late July, late June. Uh, tell me a little bit about your day to day. What kept you occupied? At what times did you get bored? What was it like? It was it was pretty rough at first. Um, for the beginning, my parents were still going to work, so I didn't really get to see them. But I usually will wake up, you know, in the morning, go for a little run, or I guess a little jog. Um, and then I was still in session um, for school for the most part. Um, I only got a couple, maybe like three weeks of a break until summer session began. So I just stuck to my homework, spent a lot of family time, played a lot of family games, um, did a lot of reading myself, just reading some books to help, you know, build that growth mindset. Um, and yeah, I, I drew closer with God also. I read the Bible a lot too on my time off. That is awesome. What are some of your favorite types of books to read? What what genre are we talking about here? Oh, um, I mean, I wasn't really a big book person. I just started reading books that people um, recommended to me. Um, I was reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Um, that was probably one of the biggest books that I read. But I guess like motivational books, I guess you would say. Absolutely. No, I'm big into that as well. So I'm right there with you. That is awesome. And we're visiting with Celeste Taylor from the UT women's basketball team. All right. Tell me about these family games, though. What are what are the favorite family games? I would say Uno is probably the family favorite. Um, but sometimes, man, we will probably do a whole round of Uno and it'll take us almost close to an hour. <laughs> so I think Uno, Uno is probably the, the family favorite. Now, do you know what all the cards mean in Uno? Because i got to be honest with you. I don't know what they all mean. Some of them, I feel like they're saying the exact same thing. But, I mean, I guess they're a little bit different in there. You know, when you got to, like, switch hands or, Mm -hmm. you know, wrap back around yourself. I don't – I get confused. Do do you (laughs) fully understand the game of Uno, though? I think I fully understand the game of Uno. But, I mean, I could – I feel like it's played differently around. You know, some people like to stack, double up. I mean – we don't do that, but 
I think a plus four overpowers anything, if you ask me. Plus four overpowers anything but a skip, obviously. Exactly. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I can't be bothered with rule books and all kinds of <laughs> reading and stuff. Um, Celeste Taylor is with us from the UT women's basketball team. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's bring it on home. When you came back uh, to uh, uh, to Austin to Texas late June, you said, uh, "What were you allowed to do? Um, what things did you kind of cling to when you got back to campus?" Being from New York, coming back here to Texas, I had to kind of be self isolated. I guess you would say um, it wasn't really so much quarantine. You know, I would walk out with a mask. But I didn't really have to stay in my room. I could go on walks, um, could go get food if I needed to get food. Um, so I really, I really just stuck to, I was able to find an outdoor park where the hoop was open. So I kind of got, I kind of got, was able to shoot a little bit. I went on the field in the back of the dorms to do some sprints and stuff. Yeah. And just homework, homework and reading. That's about it. I got you. So it, that lasted a, a couple weeks, I guess, then. Two weeks? Yeah, it, it lasted almost, yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. Probably three, two to three weeks. And then, of course, in all this, you have a coaching change as well, you know, um, in in the middle of all this, which is, uh, which is just nuts, too. And another thing to have to adjust to in this mm-hmm. season, what has it been like trying to bond with a new staff and especially early having to do it in a remote way. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty tough. It came as a shock. Um, but, you know, like everyone says, you know, sometimes change is good. And, you know, I, I love the coaching staff from last year with all my heart. Um, you know, they recruited me, and I was able to form that bond with them. But this new coaching staff, they came into their role, and they – They've been trying to create these bonds. You know, it's hard because they didn't recruit a lot of us, so they have to start from fresh, but they're trying to make those bonds with us. Yeah, what are some of the things that the staff tries to do, especially with, well, I mean, uh, except for maybe transfers at this point, they really haven't recruited any of you guys. So what does the staff try to do to reach out and and let you know that even though, you know, it, you you don't have that recruiting relationship that those couple years long relationship that they are on your side and they and they want what's best for you. I mean, I think that they constantly ask us, you know, if we're OK, if we're good to go, like they make sure that we do well in school and that everything is up to par. Um, they ask about our families, just our mental, you know, our mental health and I think they just try their hardest to let us know that they're there. And, you know, we we as players, you know, have to understand as well, you know, they're coming into a new situation just like we are. So I think that all of us understanding that this is all new to us, um, that's probably what draws us closest together. Well, that's an outstanding point. I, I love that, that they're new too. And, uh, you know, you don't lose sight of that. And, and some people might. So I, I think that's just beyond your years. Awesome there. And Coach Schaefer, and like Coach Aston, but Coach Schaefer, well known for his uh, defensive work. I know you feel like you're a very good defender. Where do you think your strengths are as a defender? And where do you think you can get better? I think last year, it was just tough for me. As for the physicality, people knew how to use their body against me and get me into foul trouble. But I think as um, the season went on, um, just being a help help defender, um, playing on ball defense, keeping my player in front of front of me, 
always guarding the best player on the other team, minimizing their points so that they don't get as much as many points on the board. Um, and to grow, I mean, I feel like I could grow in all aspects. I could probably stay in front of people more often, you know, be in help in the right places. Um, and I'm, I'm just a big hustle player. I think that's just always in my DNA. I've always, whenever, you know, you see the ball, you go after it. You know, if, if, it's, if it's going into the crowd, you're going into the crowd with it. Um, that's just always been my mentality. So um, as far as on-ball defense, it could probably get a lot better. And, you know, with the new staff change, they they play a different type of defense. So just getting acclimated with that and accustomed to that is probably what I'm working on right now. I understand. Your hustle mentality, where do you think that came from? When did you start to realize that that was a key part of your game? I mean, I've always seen my mom hustle, whether that be in life or anything that she does. She's just, you know, a hustler. She goes after what she wants and, you know, she's going to get it. So since I was young, I guess it was just instilled in, instilled in me when I seen her, when I saw her do it. So, I mean, as I got older, I noticed that that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches look for. You know, you need to be a tough, gritty player. So, you know, that's what I learned to do. I've seen this, um, you know, because I've grown up in Texas my whole life, and I hadn't experienced, you know, seeing uh, players uh, play at the varsity level in the seventh grade. But it does happen at, you know, in in some uh, organizations, in some uh, different states, there are those rules where a seventh grader can play on varsity. And of course, uh, you being the player that you were you're good enough to play on your varsity squad in the seventh grade what's the most challenging part of that um for you know whatever you were a 13 year old uh coming into that spot and having to go up against those that are in some cases five maybe six years older than you that probably was the biggest thing for me just playing against kids that are older than me but I didn't my seventh grade year I didn't go to a great high school so um it was a public high school a local high school but it wasn't the best so I knew I had to transfer out so my eighth grade year I ended up going to a private school a little bit further from my public school and that was the toughest time for me because I didn't play as much as I thought I would because I was now playing with kids and girls that were going D1. Um, so it was tough for me to sit out. Uh, just like now, it would be tough for me to sit out. Um, I don't enjoy it. I don't like being just watching my teammates and not being able to help them in any way that I can. So the hardest part for me being that young kid was um, definitely just having to to learn my role and, and learn and watch. I mean, it definitely helped me out a lot, but it was the hardest part for me to learn and just be in the background in the in the back. What do you remember being the key breakthrough in your game that made you more of an option to, to start playing more, you know, when you got to that school? Why why did you start to earn that greater playing time? Um, My hustle and, you know, my love and my passion and the motor that I had, um, definitely helped me. You know, I could I could run for days when I'm in tip top shape. Um, you know, I'm just I'm gonna get through. I'm gonna push through, and I'm gonna do whatever I can to help my teammates win. So I think when the coach noticed that and noticed that I was the first player in the gym, the last player to leave. Um, I think when he saw that, he was you know he knew he knew what he had. He used me. He he I ended up starting my 
freshman year. So, you know, it, it got better, you know, as the years progressed. That is awesome. Uh, we're talking with Celeste Taylor from UT. And as far as things went um, uh, last year, you, you guys had a, an up and down season. Uh, I was talking a little bit about this with Charlie uh, that there were some really high highs and some really low lows. And, you know, she was kind of calling for more consistency in, in the team's play. What do you think it takes to be consistent at the college level, especially in the Big 12? Well, as far as, like, independently as one person, I think that, you know, you just you need to be in the gym at all times you need to be constantly working on your game and yourself and then as a team i think that from all levels from the coaching staff to the players to the trainers to anybody who is around the team often you know i need i think that people need to have a winning mentality and they just need to have the the dog in them that's that's one of the biggest things i think is just you know being a dog going out there and competing you i think that you need to compete with not just yourself yourself but those around you as well and I think you know at times we're lacking that um just being able to compete with other people you know obviously people always you know have the mentality mentality that they want to win and I think that without the competitiveness and you know just being a dog that that winning is not going to come easily how can you step up your leadership capabilities as a sophomore um definitely communicating I think I, me and Charlie have the most experience out of everybody on this team as far as playing in the Big 12, um, you know, and I've had the opportunity to start as a freshman and playing some big games. So just using the experience that I have and being vocal and helping out the freshmen and anybody else that's transferred in and, you know, wants to learn more about the Big 12 and the, the competition that we have within us. So using my voice is definitely a big one, but I've always been a person that, you know, love to show their actions and not just speak about it. So when I get into practice, you know, I'm one of the hardest workers. I have to just go hard because nobody likes a hypocrite who tells them to do something and they're not doing it themselves. So I just make sure that, you know, I'm showing the effort and just putting in all that I can to help it trickle down to the rest of my teammates. That is awesome stuff, Celeste. I just love that. I love that. Why do you wear the number zero? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I wanted to wear the number zero because, like, I feel like I wanted to wear the number zero when I was in, like, nine, freshman a freshman year in high school or sophomore year in high school. Um, but they didn't have it for my high school team. But I just was like, nobody has this number. Like, I don't see it. I don't see it very often. So, like, I just – I always like to be different. I don't like copying people. I don't like – you know, wearing the same thing as anybody else. So I want to be different. So I was like, you know, zero, like who has the number zero? So once that happened, then I was like, okay, like, I feel like I need a reasoning behind, you know, this number zero. So, you know, I was just like, I'm always the type of person to go in and compete and be who I am and be true to myself. So I was like, you know, the zero means that nobody can outcompete me. Nobody will outcompete me. Nobody will work harder than me. I'm always going to be in the gym, so that just means zero people will be able to work out, work, yeah, beat me, outwork me. And that includes in the game Uno, correct? Oh, yeah. Trust me. With my family, they know I'm the most competitive. <laughs> well, my, my whole family is competitive, but, like, if I lose, like, I'm throwing those cards, like, 
I'm mad, but it's very rare. It's very, very rare that I lose. Very rare. Oh, my gosh. Uno champion and an outstanding member of the UT women's basketball team, Celeste Taylor. Celeste, thank you so much for your time. I loved getting to know more about what makes you tick. I wish you all the best this upcoming season. Thank you. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Very much appreciated. Just great stuff at the end there. That is Celeste Taylor, the sophomore guard for the UT Longhorns. Thanks to Celeste. Thank you also to Charlie Collier for joining the show. A reminder, please rate and review the podcast. It always helps. And we've got another podcast coming up next week for you. We will talk to Corey Close, the head coach of the UCLA Bruins. And I tell you, this one is really, really good. You're going to love the inspiration behind this one and everything that she had to say about just what it's been like trying to work through this very weird year of 2020. So make sure to join us next week. The executive producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Aaron Barzilai. Thanks so much to our announcer, Susie Solis, and also our music by Jared Deck. JaredDeckMusic.com. I'm your host, John Little, reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.